Welcome to episode 7 of the Sabcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and Ollie Warner. As we, Ollie, have a, I don't know how to term this week really, uh, don't know, is interesting, interesting is probably too big of a word, is it? I think <laughs> moderately interesting week. Yeah, it's been a bit <laughs> aggy on Saturday, yes. so maybe that's the title of the podcast, but yeah, mm. it's been a an odd week. Um, yeah, obviously another Tuesday night game, which was not really welcomed, was it, in terms of the shooter Town fixture list? Um, no. An extra game which our squad can't really cope with. And then, obviously, away to Bristol Rovers, which was always going to be an entertaining game because like, it feels like I talk about opposition fans a lot, but you know I don't. Like I spoke about Ipswich this season, and you're always going to talk about Bristol Rovers because they've got such an odd fan base. Throw into the mix Joey Barton. Throw into the mix that half our squad um, is Bristol City fan. Um, yeah, it's always going to be a bit of a, a naggy game on, on Saturday. Yeah, there was enough aggravation on the Saturday game that the nothing event that was Town versus Burnley is was soon forgotten, Ollie, because uh, I know you missed that one and we'll get to that when we go through the game, but um, God, that was that was a complete no, non-event um, and some statistical quirks out of that one to discuss as well. But I, I guess it's the the end now, I suppose, maybe of that more difficult run, Ollie. That's where we're at right now in the season, isn't it? If we just take a little step after six league games, two cup games, or up to eight games a season so far, you know, we've gone through that tough start, you know. I guess this Bristol Rovers game was still tough because it's away from home against a team just promoted um but now we've got you know we've got the same thing with Forest Green and then it gets a bit easy doesn't it so I don't know just before we get into these two games and what happened this week where are you at in terms of you know your performance level where town are um after these eight games and where you thought they might have been have they overachieved or underachieved um probably knowing Steve Cottrell and yeah I don't know if you remember I, I posted um, on Friday about Shrewsbury Town at home this season yep. this year sorry this this calendar year so we've We've played 14 games at home. We've won three and we scored 14 goals, so one per game. But six mm. of those 14 games, we haven't scored at home. Yep. And that's just a bit bit boring, isn't it? And Invisible. that's not kind of what we what we expected. And I think it's almost, I think that town fans are so used to a bit of you know boring that we have a few shots and people think that that was a great game, not a great game, but, you know, I think people get quite excited about, you know, a bit of a performance and some opportunity to score a goal. So um, yeah, I think probably on par. I think you know. I think that's fair. I think yeah. I think the derby result, derby performance was really encouraging from a defensive structure point of view. The way win at Wickham was probably uns- was not really expected, and probably thought we maybe would have beaten Morecambe um, and not really lose at home to Stanley. So I think you know, there's a few positives, a few negatives. Um, I think some of the players have settled in win well. Not all of them. Um, nope. Pikes a surprise. So yeah, it's a bit up and down. I imagine something similar. I should imagine quite a lot of fans will think that. I, I, you know, I was just interested because we haven't really talked about this. We've just been going game to game, haven't we? But we're almost getting into 10 games where we'll have a more of a, a wide range of view. Yeah, I think par is a fair thing to say, Ollie. I think that everything's sort of balanced out so far. Some good, some bad, some you know nondescript football. And overall, it's pretty par. But the sad the sad thing about it is that par for us is sitting 20th in the league, isn't it? And getting knocked out in the second round of the League Cup. So, you know, when you look at our performance level... It does kind of show where Shubhatan's fans' expectations of what this season might bring based on Steve Cottrell football so far and, and the work we've done in the transfer window that's still to do. I suppose people are thinking at the moment being par after some tif- difficult games is sitting 20th and this next crop of games that we'll talk about at the very end of the podcast will be kind of defining that that opening spell because if we can't go and get something at Forest Green and, and then home to some of those you know teams in our division that are not Derby and Ipswich, then yeah, there'll definitely be a, a maybe a turn from, from either par to above par or below par and we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes I suppose but yeah just an interesting one to start with that Ollie normally we just dump straight into the game but I thought nice to set a little bit of context really um for where we're both at I suppose so yeah on that kind of on that kind of theme Glenn I think it's I think the next month is going to be a big test because we've got a Forest Green Rovers away Oxford at home Exeter at home Port Vale away um, and then Burton Alburn at home mm, good run and I'd be disappointed if we don't you know beat Burton at home Exeter at home and from the other games, at least get one, I don't know, maybe a, a, a draw, at least a couple of draws. I imagine we'll lose to Oxford because we always lose to Oxford. <laughs> um, but I think it's I think the way that we, not just only the results, I think it's also the way that we approach those games. I think if we're playing in Exeter and Burton Albion at home and we're having a similar percentage of possession that Burnley had and we don't win, I think that's going to create quite a toxic atmosphere. 
yeah, and on the flip side, if we actually start scoring some goals and pick up some better results, then it will change the other way, won't it? So it's, an, it's this is definitely a defining little five-game run. It's not going to define the season, Ollie. You know, we'd still only be ten games in, um, but you know, it's it's a it's a defining run for what we would term the start of the season, isn't it? You know, getting ten, twelve games in. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll touch on these games in a bit, but um, it is a nice run for Chief Town fans. We should just say before we dip into the Burnley game because Forest Green away, not too far. I think a lot of Town fans are going to want to go to that. Um, in fact, we'll just cover these games off now rather than doing it at the end. It, it's interesting, they haven't even started selling tickets for Forest Green. We're literally playing them on Saturday, Ollie, and we're selling tickets for the first day we're selling tickets is Tuesday, which is bonkers. Normally we get a couple of weeks to buy away game tickets, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But yeah, Forest Green, a lot of town fans are going to that. Then two home games, back-to-back, um, and then Vale away, obviously just up the road, and then was Burton at home or away? Either way, it's it's not too bad, is it? Burton's so, at home. Yeah, so nice little run of games for Shrewsbury Town fans to not have to go too far, and um, yeah, I'll enjoy the next few weeks, I think, taking us through to mid-September. So um, yeah, that, that that's good, really. But before we look ahead too far um, and think about what's coming up now, let's just review this week, Ollie, and let's start with what was a bit of a non-event versus Burnley. Tierney's ball in there, dangerous and set pieces, and that's crept in as well. Looks like Drummond got the final touch to it, and Shrewsbury Town are ahead within three minutes. So, first game this week was Shrewsbury Town nil. Standard. Burnley won um, goal on 50 minutes through Bastion. Um, yes, it was a 7.30 kickoff, um, and we should just note that one of my friends, uh, who uh, <laughs> I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before, turned up at 7.45 um, and said, who knew it was a 7.30 kickoff? <laughs> it's like, mate, you're 50 minutes late, it kicked off at half seven. So that was quite amusing. Um, but there was a crowd there, Ollie, of 3,819. Um, I think it was about six or 700 from Burnley in the end. But it was nice to actually get an attendance over 3K in the League Cup at home. Um, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't I, Ollie? That's what I wanted to see. So I did get my wish in the end. Um, and that was the first time we'd had over 3K for a home League game, um, sorry, for a home League Cup game um, since we played Chelsea uh, back in 15, 16, I think it was. So... That was it. But um, I think this game, Ollie, was dominated by a couple of discussion points, wasn't it? One, entertainment and just <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. The second one was possession. And it came in a week where this game prompted us to go and look at possession stats in a little, little bit more detail. But at the end of this game, we had 19% possession in this game. We lost 1-0. Had more shots, but um, we did not have a lot of the ball. And so we went and had, went and had a look at some longer-term statistics on possession, Ollie, um, going back as far as the ASCII era. Um, and in, in reality now, this has been a long-term issue with playing five at the back, giving up the ball and looking for counter-attacks. It was under Ricketts and under Cottrell, and under Cottrell it's slightly worse. So under Sam Ricketts, we used to, on average, get about 47.1% possession, Ollie. Um, under under Cottrell in the in the games he's managed us for, it's dropped to forty three point seven. So we've lost about five percent possession a game on average. You know, we've often talked about percentage, haven't we, Ollie? And you know, statistics can be used to d- define any kind of argument point, can't they? You can use them to say, well, it doesn't really matter. We had more shots, or we scored more goals. But are you a believer in the fact that the the less ball you have, the the less impact you're going to have on a game naturally? And and you know, it it does kind of back up what our th- theory is as a football club since Paul Hurst left which is a counter-attacking team whether we play home or away and it doesn't really matter about the quality of opposition this seems to be a consistent approach we've had for three four seasons now it's certainly a consistent approach um one I think that's why shooter towns are a bit get a bit frustrated and get a bit bored and I think if you're going to play defensive counter-attacking football there's two things that you want to see you want to see goals because, you know, we obviously, you know, this famous side that won the Premier League playing defensive counter-attacking football. It's not be on all end all, you know, having possession. Um, you know, I think you need good technical players to play, especially in League One now with the opposition that we play. So I don't really mind the possession too much, as long as it isn't crazy, like you know, 10% or something, which I think it was actually in the, something like that in the first half against Burnley. As long as you're scoring goals, and as long as you are being effective and you are creating chances, and too often we don't do that. So it's yeah, it definitely. I think definitely possession is something worth looking at. Um, you know, especially if you're at home and you're playing a team like I don't know Accrington Stanley or something, and you're having you know less than forty percent possession, and that's not good because uh, it means you're not imposing the game. You're not really necessarily attacking too much. You're sitting quite deep. But for me, it's a combination of what well, three things, isn't it? Shots on target, which we've often talked about, yeah. um, and then goals, uh, which is a consequence of having low possession. Um, if you're not being that effective, so yeah, it's. It's not great to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've not been clinical enough, have we, with the shots that we do create, even when we haven't got much of the ball. So it's an interesting conundrum, something that seems ste- steadfastly 
approached as a club and that for me that's the wider discussion is 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 as a, as a club you know Brian and the chairman do they look to recruit managers now that are defensively minded um knowing that they're never going to be able to give them the budget to go out and buy you know extravagant exciting players that might be able to be playing football in a different way and that is essentially our identity and maybe that comes from the top Ollie I don't know what you think about that one it's something I saw a few people talking about or is it just that we picked Askey and then we picked Cottrell sorry um uh, Ricketts and then we picked Cottrell who all seem to have had a similar idea about you know sort of more defensive minded football or do, you th- or do you think we're recruiting managers that have that as their outlook or they're adapting to the situation they're in I don't think the club are recruiting managers based on their styles and I think also worth noting that Askey you know got promoted from Macclesfield I'm sure they had over 50% possession and um, yeah Sam Ricketts had a good um, win percentage at Wrexham so maybe it's something about the players that we've inherited, and that kind of continues that mould. Um, the team that's, um, that so Cottrell got promoted with, with Bristol City, was a high possession team. Amazing so, team, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit about um, the uh, maybe the the decision that the management teams take to maximise our resources, and which means they go down this route. You know, Cottrell last year did try to change the style, didn't he? Um, and it'll be interesting to see. And that's why I'm fascinated because against um, um, against Morecambe away. We were defensive as such, weren't we? We tried to play some football. Well, obviously, we've then played a lot of big, big, tough games, um, which we've been a bit more defensive. So for me, that's why that month of September is so interesting. You know, we do that kind of style against Burton at home or Exeter at home. That'd be really disappointing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how we set up in those games. It's it's a fascinating point about talking about last season. How Cottrell did try to change it. We had like I think something like six of the first eight games last season. We had more possession than the opposition, and we pretty much didn't win any of those games, Ollie. And then this season to start in these these first games, the only game we had more of the ball than the opposition was that first game of the season um, away at Morecambe. So yeah, and and you can see a pattern from you know that bad run we had at the start of last season where Cottrell has reverted to this you know tactic to keep us in a division. It worked last year. It probably would work this year in the way it's going um but yeah it's, it's definitely a change from that and it, we've definitely not changed our tactic from the end of last season at the start of this and that's now starting to be borne out with some of the factory so anyway we, you know we've just got to talk about this game in a minute we haven't got much to talk about but i thought that was an interesting discussion point ollie just an idea ollie one last stat on this game just to give you an idea of how little of the ball we had we had less i think at some point we only had about 100 odd passes in the game but in 90 minutes ryan bowman touched the ball 10 times in this game that's it um which is bonkers isn't it for 90 minutes action running around trying to influence the game to only touch the ball 10 times i think that kind of sums up the the overall level of performance against burnley i think in terms of you say being that, on though, the ball there was a funny stat flowing around um last couple of weeks ago that harland only had eight touches for man city in, Did in he? against bournemouth yeah <laughs> so he's in good company but he still oh, managed well, an assist with those eight passes um, yeah. But yeah, I think it it was. Um, I, I listened to this game. I was away with work in Austria, um, so I listened to the game on iFollow. And yeah, it's. Um, I was looking at the stats online and stuff, and it it, it was. Yeah, we did. We doubled the amount of passes in the second half. The first, because the first we did something like I don't know. I can't remember. It was thirty or fifty passes or something, and which is low, which yeah. was less than one a minute or something, which is pretty <laughs> pretty shocking. Pretty unbelievable. There we go. All right, you in Austria, Ollie. Uh, you know, I don't know what you're doing out there, sort, sorting out, uh, yeah, stuff for your job, I'm sure. Um, but you uh, had a look at our youthful team selection, so run us through that, Ollie. Apparently, we played a useful side according to um, Shropshire Star, um, which included Morosi, mm. Pennington, Dunkley, and Flanagan. Um, so yeah, all over, all over 25, and two of them 30. And um, Pike, who's 25, <laughs> Lee, who's 30, Katun, who's 18, and Moore, who's 25, Shipley, who's 26. And Bloxham, who is here, is is a teenager, but has played fifty games. Um, and Bowman is yeah. twenty nine or thirty. So the average age was twenty six, um, where the average age <laughs> normally for a Shooter Town game is twenty seven. And um, so it technically Real. was a bit more useful, youthful. But um, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a stretch, and yeah, I'm not sure why that, that headline was used. To be honest. Uh, well, it's because it's very rare for Steve Cottrell to play two youth players in a team, I suppose. So by nature, it looks like a more youthful team. It wasn't youthful at all, was it? It was pretty much the same kind of average age as usual. Um, Moore and Shipley are a bit older than you think as well, I suppose. You know, I, I, I think they're quite young, but 25, 26, I suppose they're in their prime, but they're, they're not what you could call youth players, are they? So, yeah, no, not a youthful team for me. It was interesting, Ollie, you know, you mentioned the starting lineup there. Um, obviously, lots of changes. Um, and I think we expected that, didn't we, with how we faded away against Ipswich and the effort we put in over that kind of course that week. Um, but we still couldn't fill the bench Ollie um but it's not fair the league cup we have to name nine people on the bench we can barely name you know the normal sort of five six or whatever it is for the football league games um and we got eight on the bench but we still had two keepers so um there we go still work to be done in finishing off this squad Ollie anyway 
Yes, so you weren't at this game, Ollie. Do you, you want me to run through this game a bit, I suppose? Have you watched it back? Did, is it one of these games you, you had the passion to watch back? I, I had that ambition like two weeks ago to watch every game <laughs> back. And then and then after listening to it, I, I don't just can't bring myself to do it. I just don't have the time to do it. So no, I'm going to no. I'm have to try and keep my 100% attendance just for the league. <laughs> Basically, nothing happened as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it was a very for anyone that wasn't there, and obviously the people who were there, it was a very low key game um, with with us not having much of the ball really. Although creating a couple of decent chances and, and certainly having something at the end which got a few town fans excited. But yeah, I, you know, it was odd. The, the Shoot Town match report had us lining up in a three four three. I'm not sure whether Steve's told them that, but we pay played the usual tactic of five at the back. Um, Pike and Shipley were just really really deep um, in, in in the usual kind of formation, whether it's Nurse or or uh, De Costa that play there. Yeah, they tried to get forward, but you know when we drop into defensive shape, we are a five, not a bloody three. So I'm I'm sick of reading three four three for this team. That is not how we played this season. Um, and to be honest with you, Ollie, the best bit of the game probably first twenty minutes. Um, we didn't have much of the ball as I said, but we did create a couple of corners. Um, got up there, I think Pike was doing quite well getting forward. Um, Bowman was running hard, um, and from one of those corners, we probably had our best chance in the game at least the first half, where uh, um, sort of got a corner cleared. Um, it got recycled out to Lee he and he sort of rather than just sort of putting a, a no mark cross in, he actually picked out Pennington, who was probably about twelve yards out, and he came onto it um, with a bit of a side foot from sort of twelve thirteen yards, but unfortunately right at the keeper. Um, is it Bailey Peacock? I think his name is or something like that. Farrell Peacock, but yeah, he made a good save. Um, and from that point onwards, Burnley got on top, to be honest with you, Ollie, and they just started passing it around us, passing it around the back, passing it around midfield. Um, they had a couple of long-range shots that went wide. They were kind of letting us off the hook with all the possession they had. Uh, Flanagan made a, a really good block at one time. And then on 25 minutes, they had their best chance. Ollie, I don't know if you've seen the highlights back even on this one, but they put a ball in from the right-hand side, um, and, and the guy headed it uh, from about three yards out, and he put it over the bar. So, again, another sort of let-off, really, where they should have gone ahead. But, you know, much like most of the rest of the games this season, Ollie, um, the defence were doing really well in this game. The back three were absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, we've played a lot of these tough games in the last three weeks, haven't we? You've got to give those back three particularly a huge amount of credit for the fact that we, we are playing as well as we are, I suppose, in terms of keeping the chances down. I know we let three into um, Ipswich, but, yeah, those three centre-backs were, were fantastic against Burnley and the quality they had, Ollie. Yeah, they're doing fantastically well this season, and yeah, they're doing doing a lot of miles already so far this season. It's um, yeah, yeah it's it's just tough. It's uh, we need to try and give them a break at some point. Well, did you see Aaron Pierre was at the club this week picking up some stuff by the look of it? But someone reported they seen Aaron Pierre's car with the with the Pierre number plate in the car park, and Roland Witchley was there. Um, and then I think about twenty five minutes after it was starting to be discussed online, um, that Ollie from the newspaper came online and said, "Nope, that is not happening." But yeah, I think a few people were starting to think, "Could we get Pierre back? Do a da- Dave Davis?" You wouldn't have been very happy with that, would you, Ollie? You want you want to move on from Pierre? I mean, he was good, wasn't he? When he was when he was yeah. up for it, um, and he was you know full full of beans and 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 yeah, playing playing top of his game when he first signed. He was fantastic, wasn't he? Player this season, one year he for was. us. So yeah, he's um, he's a very good um, a good player, and when he's at his game, I can't see him re-signing for Cottrell now, um, and I wouldn't be surprised no. if Aaron Pierre ends up playing in um, in League Two. If he gets a, if he gets a game, look how Ethan, Ethan Ebanks Landell's going. He's playing with Rochdale, isn't he? And they're bottom yeah. of League Two. They've been they've had a disastrous start. So he's um he's not uh, maybe League One level anymore. Although I don't actually know whether he's playing or not. He could be injured for all I know. I don't know much about Rochdale, but I did see they were bottom when I looked at the table yesterday. So um there we go. Back to the game anyway. Yeah, defence were doing fantastic. Um, I thought, I thought Pike was doing really well. He had a good first half as well in terms of his defensive shape and trying to get forward when we could. Um, but um. Passing was a bit poor by some of the sort of midfield players. Caton didn't really get involved too much. Um, and we attacked less and less as that half went on until just for half time. Um, we had another really good chance where there was a cross came in and um, Dunkley had a header um, that he headed over from quite close. But, uh, you know, there's not much to say about that half. We had 19% possession, 19% possession at half time. And as, as you were saying before, we only had 58 passes in that first half. So it's really difficult to talk about it in any kind of positive way other than we created two chances with, without having the ball very much. Um, so I suppose that was quite was a lot. Was um, it one of those games? Glenn, where everyone's just kind of chatting amongst themselves as the game goes on in front of them. It was very flat. Yeah, it was very flat. It was when when they eventually scored on sixty minutes. Somebody put um, some earphones in. You know those like you know. Um you know, iPhone earphones, the ones that are like two Bluetooth ones type things, the hands-free stuff. Put them in and started listening to a podcast. <laughs> I thought that about sums up how exciting this game is, but um, it was it was pretty dull to watch, to be honest with you, Ollie. Um, occasional moments where we'd spring forward and you know they'd give it a ball away and they'd break, and then we'd watch Burnley pass it around for another five minutes. So, not ideal. Um, but yeah, Tan couldn't hold on to the draw in the second half. Um, it came out same pattern straight away. Um, in the second half, they got on the ball, started passing it around us. We couldn't really get near them. 
Um, they had some quality players out, Ollie, I should say. It wasn't like it was a really weak Burnley team. Um, so, um, you know, let's give them some credit, I suppose. They've, they've got some quality. We were playing a championship team after all. But, yeah, they scored on 50 minutes, you know, not far into the second half. It was quite a scrappy build-up to the goal. They they had the ball in midfield, a couple of kind of lucky rico- ricochets off our players' knees, um, bounced to their guys, and they kind of kept the attack going. Eventually got taken out onto the left in the box um, and across right across the box. I think this is the disappointing thing as a Shrewsbury fan, What looking at this goal, is the cross comes in right through the box. And we've got like eight people, you know, on or around the six yard box and it just sort of evades all of them, finds a Burnley player at the back post, he takes a touch, fires it in hard at the near post, uh, past Morosi, who'd been left a bit exposed and he got beaten his near post, but it was so close he couldn't really do too much about it. But I think that's the thing Steve Cottrell would have been most annoyed about was how that cross came across everybody and no one no one was able to intercept it. But I suppose Steve has to get used to being frustrated by things like that at the moment. Um, and there we go. We just stayed in the block. We still tried to do rare counters. We didn't, we didn't just because we were on 1-0 down, we didn't try to um, change too much in terms of the setup. We did eventually... Um, Changed the players around a little bit later. I think we did make a triple sub, but just before that, on 60, Caton and Bloxham lined up quite linked up quite nicely in central midfield. They kind of did a little nice little one, little two, and then Bloxham got down the right. But you know, he got a, an ironic clap from the fans because it felt like it was the first chance we'd had to shoot on target for ages. And to give you some context of how far out he was, he was outside the box on the right hand side on the angle, and it went straight at the keeper, and it got an ironic clap. So that wasn't great to see. Um, and I thought I thought we persisted with the five at the back for a little bit too long, really, one nil down in a cup game. Um, but we did kind of try to throw a few more people on when he made the changes. But we were just slow. Morosi was so slow on the restarts, Ollie. You know, a cup game one nil down. You think we'd be keen to get on with things, wouldn't you, and try and open up maybe? Um, but we didn't really, as far as I'm concerned, too much. We did hang on in there in one nil due to the excellent defence. And you know, for a game where it goes straight to penalties, you would thinking, is there just one long punt we can get on, or will we get one attack right? And very near the end, we almost did do the smash and grab. Um, I think probably people would have heard about this, but it was a late free kick. From Leahy, Dunkley headed it in, but he was offside. Um, and we were offside way too many times in the second half, and that was probably the most, obviously, well, it was obviously the most costly of all those offsides, but definitely something we need to work on. And then the final touch of the game, Shipley got into the box on the left-hand side, went to shoot and scuffed it miles wide. Um, and that about, that about summed that up, really. Um, very flat game, not much of an atmosphere, um, not much to get excited about. That was it, really. I have nothing else to say on the game, Ollie. There we go. Well, I'm going to ask you one question. Um, how did, um, did Caton get on and where did he play? He barely touched the ball. He played as one of the sort of three attacking options, and I thought he looked a bit lost at times. Oh, poor lad. Hopefully, he'll get a, a run out, a bit more of a run out, a bit more consistency. Hopefully, he learns something from the game anyway, and yeah, can use it to to push on. Yeah, that seems harsh, but that was a really tough game for a young lad of yeah. his age against no, no, the Champions team. You know, it's not yeah against you know, a, a championship I, I expect... size fighting to get back in the Premier League, and they've yeah loaned loads of players. Have got a lot of talent in their squad. Actually, Barnes was good for them. He must have touched the ball 200 times himself compared to us when our 100 touches because he was just on the ball all the time dictating this, that and the other. Um, they they were good, to be fair. But one thing I would say about Caton is he's obviously going to have the, the, the LDV pizza trophy coming up soon. Um, and I'm, I imagine he's going to get a lot more minutes in that, so maybe he'll get a little bit sharper and he'll, he'll get some some chance to, to get his first goal. For, well, yeah, he hasn't scored for the club yeah. yet, has he? I don't think so. Chance to get his first goal for the club. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see him get that in, in, in the game coming up this week. That'd be nice. But... Um, I, yeah, that's it really. I'll go through my top three, Ollie, and we'll move on. I think that's all I've really got to say on, on Burnley. <laughs> it's pretty good that yep. I managed to make it last that long. Um, for me, I couldn't really split any of the three centre-backs. <laughs> so, Pennington first, Flanagan second, Dunkley third. Without them, we would have got battered. That's the answer That's the answer to that question. Rogers, good cross into the box. Low! And Low tucks it past Brock for the equaliser. Saturday, Shrewsbury Town um, were away at Bristol Rovers. It was 1-0. Um, both goals in the second half. Loft scored after 68 minutes and Bowman scored after 80 minutes. Um, yeah, one all draw away, not too bad, Glenn. Um, but yeah, you got a few stats before we go through the team. I have. I just should just say when they, when Dunny shouted Loft had scored, I was like, is Doug Loft playing for them? And then I remembered Doug <laughs> Loft wish. must be about forty. <laughs> so um, no, it's a different Loft. It's uh, yeah, it's not not the Loft that we had to deal with during that era, Ollie. Um, it's funny to think Doug, Doug Loft was playing for us when we started doing the podcast. But there we go. Um, good and bad stats here. Just as a quick one, let's start with the good ones because I, I just did all the negative ones before the last game. Um, I just did a couple of comparisons to six league games into last season, and. Yeah, it's it's interesting actually. So we have now had the sort of 
Um, sorry, in this game we had 20 shots, so we're obviously going to have a bit, fair bit to talk about. That was the most amount of shots we've had in a game under Steve Cottrell other than two games last season, so basically the third highest. Um, I think we got 21 uh, against Bolton and 21 uh, sorry at home when they had a man sent off, you remember, I think. And we had 21 um, away at Cambridge last year. Remember, Cambridge were absolutely awful. We went there on that horrible wet cold day and absolutely battered them. So, yeah. You know that's an improvement in shots in this game, uh, considering they hadn't been sent off uh, a man sent off, and it was against nine. It was it was ten, eleven versus eleven. So twenty shots in this game that was positive. Um, and we're actually very minorly up on total shots, Ollie. Um, we're up on total shots. We're on, up on total shots on target, and obviously we're one goal more than we got after six games last season too. So there's been a very slight improvement. But last season was a horrendous start of the season from a attacking point of view. So. Yeah, it, it's it's it is an improvement, but yeah, it's worth saying the baseline is really low. But an improvement's improvement, and yeah, we are doing mm. it. We have to definitely start the season better than last year. That's fair to say. Yeah, but in, but the weird quirk of that having a few more shots and a, and a couple more shots on target and one more goal is that last season in those first six games that like we were talking about just before we had fifty three percent of possession in games, so we had more of the games. Um, and this season we're at forty for those first six games. It's a bit of a, it's obviously a weird quirk of football. It shows you that possession is an interesting thing to look at. It gives you more long term trends, but you know you can still win a game with twenty five percent possession, can't you? So um, there you go. Uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, however, there was a dullness ratio that I worked out this week. You know we do not score many goals. We've talked about it a lot um, since Paul Hurst left the football club. We we have scored the least amount of goals of anyone in League One um, this season. So obviously some of those teams got relegated from the Championship. Some of those teams came up from non-league in that time. But we have only scored 189 goals um, in the league since Hurst left. And that is like 25, 30 less than Wimbledon and Accrington and, you know, 40 less than Bristol Rovers. It does show you in comparison to our, you know, fans of other teams around here, we have got a good, we are legally allowed to moan about not scoring many goals because we have scored way less than pretty much all of the fans. Well, we've scored way less than all of the other teams in League One during that time. So I won't hear anyone in League One tell me they've got a more dull team than us at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think sort of the comparison there would be like a Gillingham or something like that, isn't it? And in Wimbledon, who've been in the division for a long time, which is a fair comparison. Yeah. I thought I saw yeah. you got a little bit of feedback on the Bristol on the Bristol Rovers ones and stuff because they've gone down. But at the same time, it's all it's, it's all about goals and entertainment as a fan. Um, so yeah, I think that's fair. And what about our team selection, Ollie? You know, we're back to our probably our strongest team at the moment. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, Glenn. So team selection, same back three as always, um, same um, wing backs as well with DeCosta and Nurse. I haven't heard anything about Bennett for a while. Have you? Like, is he coming back soon? Is he still injured? It's, it seems a bit of a mystery. We don't hear much about Bennett. There's a lot of questions Weird. about other players. So maybe we'll try and track that down this week. And then we played um, two defence midfielders, Leahy and Moore, um, with Bayliss and Shipley um, supporting a doe. You know, in recent weeks, we have been a little bit critical of kind of Bayliss and Shipley's roles. I think it's fair to say they played, they weren't 10s, but maybe there were, I don't know, eight and a half um, rather than just box-to-box midfielders. And they did push up and we did try to press um, Bristol actually when they tried to play out. Mm. So yeah, doe started up front, but unfortunately didn't play the whole game. Question yeah. on Pike Glynn, who didn't start. If Pike was a brand new sign in and we'd obviously and we just signed him in the summer, how would you say he's getting on? You'd say he's doing all right so far, wouldn't you? Like you know, settled yeah. in okay, but hasn't really shown us anything that exciting so far. You know, hasn't got a, you know, wouldn't have scored Some a goal so far. Whatever, yeah. yeah, but you you'd be like bit like more you know it's done right since he came in it hasn't really shone in a game so far for me to be you know obviously had that I think Pike was probably man of the match in that cup game the first one wasn't he but um in the league games he's not he's not been in a top three I don't think for us so far but you can say the same thing about more so um you'd say he's settling all right but I don't know we, we've we've got a long way to go until he's uh, I don't know turned the corner like a doe um and he definitely needs a goal and yeah clearly was not favored um to start this game um so he's clearly second choice right oh, well, back. I think there was more of a tactical change wasn't yep. it to play one striker yeah and he come yeah. on didn't he? Yeah, but um, my question back for you then, Ollie, in this formation is: Do you think it's going to be better long term if we're going to play, you know, the three that uh, we do? We 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 normally have a doe right through the middle, don't we? Generally, and sometimes we've had Bowman and blocks them off. Sometimes we've had, um, you know, different different players off it. But do you think it's generally going to be Baelish and Shipley? And do you think having two what you could term more attacking midfielders in the position behind a doe is better than having a couple of strikers kind of slightly out of position, like we see with um, blocks and um, Bowman or Pike? Really, I suppose. I think this and this this was a, um, not as defensive as Derby Ipswich. This was a more defensive lineup than having two strikers. I think if the way that we play, you know, get the ball forward fast, play the ball down the channels, play the long ball, get the ball forward quickly. We can play the ball through the back if we want. You know, Pennington and Flanagan are good on the ball, but we typically go quite direct. 
I think, you know, when we're talking about that game at home against, was it Stanley? Where basically we were kicking the ball long and Bowman was on his own and he didn't have anyone to help him out. Yep. I want to, if we're going to play three at the back and a defence midfielder, I think we need to play two strikers. Otherwise, it's going to be really, really hard to get the ball out. I would guess that Cottrell would rather play two strikers as well. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't been able to play are probably our best two strikers, Odo and Bowman, because um, one, both of them have been injured um, at various points um, so far in this season. But considering this is the most attacking output we've had in a game this season, do you, do you, do you not think it kind of worked and w- maybe would work better than playing two so. forwards? I think Bristol Rovers were awful. Well, so do I. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, Bristol Rovers <laughs> were awful. Um, and it was very easy for us to get the ball into the box into dangerous areas. Um, we had some good performances on Saturday. But in terms of back to your question about formation, I'd rather have two strikers which playing three at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, there was some some definitely some positives to take away from this performance. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also some frustrations, um, which is as it ever was, Ollie. Um yeah. there we go. The team came out anyway in the red kit, Ollie. It looks good on the players, doesn't it? I I you know, we talked positively yeah, about does. that new kit the other week, but it looked good on the players. Yeah, I've already ordered it as well. Another Ordered a shirt for Benji. He might only be nine months, but he'll be in the proud possession of a medium um, Shrewsbury Town shirt. Um, I'm going to build a little collection for him for when he's yeah a teenager. Oh. Give him some some town shirts, which obviously be classics by then. If he doesn't like football, then I might sell a collection of Shrewsbury Town shirts on eBay for a lot of money. <laughs> but hopefully he'll like them. No, Ollie, you'll keep them because deep down you're buying them for yourself, Ollie. That's what you find as a parent. <laughs> when you collect something for your kids, you're going to fit in a medium anymore, mate, to be fair. <laughs> I know, it's just, just a collection, isn't it? I've got loads of collections of bloody Lego. I keep saying, oh, I bought it for the kids when they're older. They can take it with them and sell it. Lego's worth loads of money. I'm pretty sure I'm just buying Lego for myself like a child, Ollie. But there we go. Um, that's that's one of my addictions. Um, anyway, but let's go back to the football. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was much better than... I haven't been to... You know, I, I didn't go to this game, um, as I said last week. I watched it on the stream, though. But having been at the Burnley game, watching this game was, was quite a nice one. It was uh, a bit of a, a, a kind of cleansing of the soul after watching us only have 19% possession. I know we had less of the ball in this game as well, but it certainly wasn't it chance wasn't. chance. Yeah, you weren't impressed with this yeah, game as much I, as me, I don't think. I, yeah, I found it, I was a little bit at odds with, I think, quite a lot of fans and in terms of kind of the performance. Like, let's be honest, for the first 39 minutes, we didn't have a shot. No, true. So, like, like you know, that's nearly 50% of the game, we didn't have a shot. Um, the first... 30 minutes or so um, was Bristol Rovers trying to play some football badly. Shrewsbury Town time-wasting, slowing the game down, which really frustrated them and stopped badly. them getting into, <laughs> getting into their speed. Mm. When Shrewsbury Town did counter-attack, our final pass or ball was pretty hopeless, I thought. You know, so many times, you know, like Bayless or Shipley or Doe got into good areas and then the final ball, because there's only one man to pass to, that's the problem with only playing one striker. There's often only really one man to find. It's easy to defend against um, and it didn't really work. So I found the first kind of part of the game frustrating. It was a little bit frustrating as well. I've never seen us do it to this extent, time waste. You know, obviously, you know, you're playing you know, a big team in the League Cup, you know, you time waste, whatever, it's fine. It's part of the game. I've never seen us do it this much. Now, this is a Joey Barton side. Don't let anyone kid you that this is a, a team of angels um, that play football in the right way. You know, you know Guardiola-inspired team of, of choir boys who play nice passing football and don't put their foot in or their, uh, their elbow in. They've got Marcus up front, who's a bit of a, well, you can imagine the word. Yep. But elbows, kicks everywhere. So, yeah, it's Shruti Town did... We're going to need to address it now. I think Shruti Town mm. did time waste in this game, Glenn, and we did... Fain injury, probably yep. quite a big statement to say, maybe in some ways, but I think we did. I would agree. I think there were some injuries, clearly. That would... There were injuries. There was definitely some injuries, but there was also a bit of, I think, a little bit of play at right, times as well, as a tactic, which really worked very but very successfully. This is my question. You know, I saw Bristol Rovers fans saying, God, if you do that every week, it must be horrible to watch. Well, let's be fair. We might not have a lot of the ball. We might not be entertaining to watch, but we're certainly not shit house all the time, are we, like we were on Saturday? No. We, didn't so... do it. we didn't do it a wick away. We didn't no, do we it didn't. at. at... 
And we, if you're going to do it anyway, you do it at Wickham away. Yeah. We were tough, and we, but we weren't shithousery, and we definitely didn't do it at Morecambe away. The way we won that game was shithousery. It wasn't through diving around and you know feigning injury and delaying the game. Although we didn't get ahead until quite. We went through set pieces exactly. and being but efficient. My question for you, Ollie, then is: it, we did it. I don't think we can deny it. It was a bit crap to watch as a, as a fan. Do you think it was a specific tactic to wind someone like Joey Barton up? You know, to yeah, get them hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it worked then because he was fucking fuming. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a a shithousery manager who's formed a shithousery team, and Steve Cottrell's gone. We've got Luke Leahy who plays to play for Bristol Rovers. You're not Bristol Rovers fans, so like we'll have to talk about them at some point. We've got um, a, a legend of, of Bristol City. Let's be fair, Steve Cottrell got yep. in promotion. Wilbraham. We've got um, we've got more. We've got Wilbraham. And also another player that's played for Bristol City. I can't think of his name. Nurse. Yep. So we've got loads of Bristol City connections, let alone them. So I think it was, we knew it was going to be a bit of a toxic atmosphere. We knew we were going to get a bit of abuse. We knew that Joe Barton gets easily wound up and he's going to sign players in, in his mould. So yeah, 100% it was a tactic. And to be honest, I thought it worked really, really well because Bristol Rovers were, were, were awful. And we had the right referee for it, luckily, Ollie. He was quite accommodating. Yeah, was quite he accommodating. was very, very good. <laughs> yeah, he, if I was a Bristol Rovers fan, the one thing I probably would criticise him for was not trying to hurry our players up. Um, but I did watch the second half back again because I did feel I was a bit out of kilter with Shooter Town fans. So I wanted to kind of check the game back and we'll come on to the second half later. Um, but I yeah. felt the referee did referee this um, game very well. Um, so, yeah, kudos to him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good chat to have up front. It's unusual for us to be quite as horrible as we were on Saturday. But, yeah, I think, you know, we, Bristol Rovers fans... But how many times have we... I'm not going to defend the time-wasting as such, but nope. we've bemoaned on this podcast many years ago of us being too naive and soft. So I don't mind a little bit of um, playing... You know, you know, the best teams in the world do tactical fouls. So why shouldn't we? We've always said you've got to be able to do everything. That's what good teams can yeah. do. You know, Man United of the 1990s, early 2000s could be could be horrible as well, couldn't you? You know, get fucking Ronaldo rolling around on the floor for 20 minutes when they're 1-0 up away at Bolton or something like that. Do you know what I mean? You know, that every team can just do those dark arts, but you've got to do it at the right time yeah. and in the right way. And I think that give yeah. Cottrell some, some credit on this one. I think he picked the right team to do it against yeah. and it definitely helped us get the result. Did it... Did it hold us back as that second half went on from getting two points? There's an argument to be made there, Ollie, I would say, but we'll, we'll address that Maybe. in the second half. Maybe, yeah, definitely slowed down the game in the first half. The first half, I thought, yeah, just called highlights in the first half. And Bayliss gives the ball away, um, and Marcus works the ball and has a shot, but Dunkley does a great block. I thought that was a really good piece of defending. Great block, yeah. um, I thought it was a terrible dive from Marquis, and when he went for a header with Dunkley, and he won a free yeah. kick, so yeah, not so good for the referee there. Um, they recycled it and probably had their best chance um, in the first half with a header from Anderson. Yep. Um, and then there's a really funny moment where Rovers nearly scored an own goal, like OMG own goal. It would have been quite funny. Yeah. It was a back pass, wasn't it? Really close in. It was one of those yeah. ones where when you're watching it on the stream, you can just quickly do that re- reverse 10 seconds and watch it back. And I did that quickly. I was like, I know, it was about it was about three yards away from being over the line, wasn't it? But um, he, it was he, close. the keeper it was, was very, rushing very across. Close, but it wasn't a yeah. goal. Yeah. No, it was not. Yeah, and then um, unfortunately, Ado, um, so that we had been time wasted a little bit here, um, and it was frustrating yep. opposition. And then Ado got injured. He clearly got injured because he was running down with the ball and he, and he looked like he'd hurt himself. He did that thing of trying to come back on and play again, but then he went off injured. And for me, I, I don't mind Bristol Rovers fans getting frustrated, but I thought this was um, uncalled for and um, yeah, was was poor form on them where they were booing Ado off. You don't boo an injured player off the pitch. That's, um, that's, just, sort of, that's just not cool. Well, I've I've stood on plenty of away terraces where Shrewsbury Town fans have done that, so I can't I can't be too hard on it because I've seen every set of fans do it to injured players. You know, you boo the opposition. I can understand why they were doing it, but they booed. I think it's more of a case of the, the fact that they just booed everything, didn't they? they every booed time everything. there was a foul, boo. Well, even yeah. if there wasn't a foul, there was a there was a time in the second half when I was yeah, which about made me laugh, where Pike basically got like kicked and manhandled, and they booed the referee giving a foul like it was. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's anything Bristol Rovers fans wouldn't boo. It's, it is quite funny. <laughs> well, there we go. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll. All I know is that this, the game back at our place is going to be very spiky and and quite yeah, box office. I'm looking, office. Forward, I'm looking to forward to the return game. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Let's let's revisit Ado because that could be problematic. And I know we've you know we usually put it in the um, the the comments from from the manager, but basically 
talking about knee ligaments with a doe, which is fairly yeah. frightening, isn't it? Because um, knee ligament strains are normally a pretty much three to four week kind of job. Any kind of knee ligament snap or tear, you're talking months, Ollie. Um, and this is someone speaking from experience who's got no cruciate ligament in his knee. Um, you know, it can be a fairly big injury. I don't think he went off looking like he'd maybe torn something, but maybe there's some sort of knee ligament strain. And you maybe you heard this or saw this on Twitter. There was a um, a Shrewsbury Town fan who said that he, he actually spoke to a doe and he walked out on his of his own steam. So fingers crossed um, that would be okay. But I am um, worried that um, yeah he he's been injured all preseason really hasn't he? And he comes back yep. uh, and he's injured again. So yeah, you do worry whether we're yeah having to force him back a little bit. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, it's a bit of a risky thing to do sometimes just to guess, but. Yeah, he keeps breaking down. Well, we're going to spend six hundred grand on Cole Stockton this week, Ollie, and that will solve all the problems. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I did want to talk about that at some <laughs> point because, um, so yeah, so Ollie from the Shropshire Star has kind of put a bit of weight behind that again after, um, yeah, a certain journalist who blocked me on Twitter um, for, for 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 kind of yeah, giving a bit of feedback about his team talk style. Um, yeah, pay me money so you can find that a rumor. Um, I don't know what he says. Oh, anymore, I see. Yeah, but, yeah he, apparently, apparently he said that um, we were going to start. We're in for Stockton. Uh, now we're not going to spend six hundred k on a twenty eight, twenty nine year old, um, but yeah, a couple hundred k. Yeah, a couple hundred k of a twenty eight goal striker. I'd be happy with that. I think anyone who thinks we spend two hundred k on Cole Stockton's out there, tree Ollie. I think this is a. Yeah, I don't think we will. I'm saying, but I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it either. There's no chance it'll happen. Um, it's a it's a weird situation. What do you reckon? How much it? do you? He's got a year left on his contract. He's he's not hasn't really got a resale value like a, or like a doe you know he's not twenty five twenty six he's uh, he's he's twenty nine or close to twenty nine and what would you say how much would you be how much do you think the club would be prepared to pay for him considering we're not spending any money on hardly anything anymore you know around the stadium penny pinching all the sort of things that are going on that we've kind of talked about over the summer um I don't think we would pay m- more than a hundred grand for a player at the moment I very much doubt we bought anyone for more than that for quite a while now. And so I, I and, and and anyway, even if we were to say match an evaluation of two hundred, three hundred grand, you know, um, it well, doesn't Fleetwood matter. Fleetwood would refuse to pay that Fleet, amount. Yeah, but even if they, you know, Fleetwood will pay him four grand more than we will because they're just stupid like that. And no, also, they wouldn't, don't, pay, they wouldn't pay no, that not, much. They'll pay him more than we will, and then he can stay local. Do you know what I mean? It, uh, you'll end up a Fleetwood. I'm gar- guaranteed, absolutely guaranteed. If we signed him, I would be impressed, and I would look stupid because I just don't think it'll happen. Um, and I would call that a bit of a wow signing. To you don't think it'll happen because we don't spend money for strikers. It's, no. I won't say that's a daft thing to say. It's, it's a, no. you take in the you know, last five years or whatever. But yeah, it would be a, a fantastic signing and one definitely to get the fans excited. And I think he'd also suit our style really well. You know, yeah. having um, a doe playing off Stockton. Um, having Bowman and, and Stockton, or having Pike and Stockton, and and also I think you know I think give Boxham a bit of a game as well, um, or even little or large with Caton. I think he's a proper proper target man, and which we don't have right now. And also he scores bloody goals, and man, God, if we had a, a guy that scored over twenty goals plus a doe, then you're talking you know mid table. Um, it's so a shame, big crossed. change, yeah. Fingers yeah, crossed, huge. but I I'm I can't. No, see no, it. no we've signed and you get I, injured. I'd call, him a, I'd call him a wow signing because that would be something that we would never be expecting. So it's good that we're looking at them, players like that. But um, but yeah, it's not much time to get things done, Ollie. And um, yeah, well, we've got a, got a fair bit of work to do in the next few days. Yeah, a mid-transfer discussion in the middle of the first half. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, what's what we do, isn't it? We go off on random tangents. And so yeah, finish this half off, I think. Um, yeah, first um, we had a first shot from a nurse cross. Lee, he goes down. He wasn't a penalty at all. Falls to ship. Nope. He has a nice strike. That's like 40 minutes in. And then Pike to Bayliss uh, comes out to Moore, who has a strike. Good hit, that, I thought, and a good save from the keeper. Strong. Pike then, not long after that, had a swivel, and it goes wide. So we kind of ended the half with a couple of um, flurries at, at goal, um, a couple of saves um, from the Rovers keeper, um, and then there was quite a um, yeah comical nine minutes of extra time. I think that's fair. I think we finished the last 10 minutes and that sort of nine minutes of extra time as the best team. I don't think we wanted half time, did we? Um, those shots, it seemed to feel like to me that Cottrell might have said something along the lines of, 
feel free to have a bit of a long shot today because we definitely seem to attempt a few more long shots than we had in the last few games. Although I suppose we barely had any of the ball um, playing counter-attack in football. You're not likely to take want to take too many long shots. But yeah, as we had a bit more ball on the edge of their box than, than maybe other games this season, we certainly were giving the Shipleys and the, and the Moors and the Leahys a chance to kind of just have a little strike from long range and see what happens. And yeah, first half, we kind of started to do that. We definitely kept doing it second half um, and that'll be some of the chances you talk about in a minute. But I think it was, again, a reasonable tactic. Um, but yeah, I think we finished on top and we didn't really want half time. Yeah, question for you, Glenn. Um, so it was questioned after the the Wickham game and and a few others that a Shrewsbury not trying to tack too much in the first half. I thought it was more that in the, in the other games we just weren't so good at passing and we just couldn't find each other. But maybe there is some bit more evidence to suggest that we're trying to keep it tight in the first half and then maybe go for a bit more in the second. What's your thoughts on that? I think on the evidence of all the games I've seen this season, I think that's a fair comment. Not something I'd really thought about too much until you just asked me that. But yeah, we've definitely been doing better in those closing spells. And I think a lot a lot of that comes from the fact that we've had a lot of games against teams who are either at home or teams that should be beating us. And as we stay in those games, there's a natural um, inclination for those teams to start to worry about things a little bit more. It definitely happened at Wickham, um, and it happened in this game as well. You know, the more the game went on, they weren't beating Little Shrewsbury Town. Um, I know they did go ahead eventually on 16 minutes, but there was starting to be little moments of panic in there, wasn't there? So maybe that's one of the tactics is that we sort of just hang in there and wait for their crowd to get a bit angsty or wait for the players to just get that little bit of nervousness that things aren't quite going right and then you know we're, we're doing the, our business then and kind of taking advantage of certain things so um maybe a bit of tactical element to it but also maybe just a bit of a natural way the games have gone yeah uh, in one time to keep our eye on so yeah second half started i think probably like nine minutes happened and a bit of league one football <laughs> nothing really to report um, and then, yeah, we brought Bowman on, um, which I thought was an interesting change. Played Bowman on at front um, and put um, Pike to right wing back, give Tocosta a bit of a rest. I don't think he'd done too much wrong, but he wasn't that really effective, was he? Yeah, no, Tocosta was fine. He's been subbed off early quite a few times, hasn't he, Tocosta, Ollie? Um, so maybe he's yeah, not fully fit. Yeah, just building fitness, maybe. Maybe just building fitness. That's the thing with a lot of our players, and that's where I think you've got to give a lot of respect to um, Bayliss and Shipley, who are doing a lot of miles after not playing a lot of minutes over the last few years. So, yeah, I think I think it's just giving yeah. Costa a bit of a rest. And, and also that right-wing back role is a, a massive slog in terms of distance run. Yeah, up and down, up and down all the time, isn't it? Which, again, you give Nurse a lot of credit. Um, and yeah, because Nurse was he, fantastic he in this game, wasn't he? And he's, yeah, he's doing that running up and down all the game. He really probably, he must have covered more miles than anyone on the pitch, I would imagine, on Saturday. He didn't stop running and his quality back and forward was good. So um, just shows you, doesn't it, DaCosta's got to get to the nurse level, that kind of real sort of hard, granite um, you know, sort of 90-minute fitness. Well, that's something that we talked about in pre-season and something that the manager said that the players that came in didn't have the same you know, pre-season um, training. He and, did, yeah. Like, you know, the, the pre-pre-season, you know, when they're on their own um, kind of prep. So that's shown, actually. I think, you know, with Leahy and Nurse and, and Pennington who are able to play every minute um, and, yeah, are doing really well. And talking to Nurse, um, yeah, good cross from Nurse again. He actually did his man. Sometimes we've talked about that, haven't yeah. we? Nurse not doing his man. But in this game, he did it consistently. Maybe it's the manager encouraging and giving him a bit of confidence. Um, I thought it was a great first touch, well defended again by Rovers. Um, and then we had another chance, didn't we, where um, Pennington did a cross and, and the goalkeeper kind of palmed it up. Did it weird? With, and then it ended up with Shipley sh- um, shooting wide. Um, but for me, we were definitely tacking with more intent, I thought. And also, we have a lot more success finding a man, but also getting the ball into the box. And there's a definite step of inequality in, in the second half. Definitely one of our better halves of football, Ollie, in this half. Um, definitely, I think Shipley and, and Bayliss were very much involved and I was quite impressed with them in the second half in terms of transitions and then also being in positions on the other box to take advantage of poor little clearances and stuff from Bristol and some of the shots like you just described there. That one, Shipley shot wide, but he certainly had a few more of those as the game went on, didn't he? Um, particularly that one at the side netting, from what I can remember, or just, just went wide of the side netting. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was much better in the second half than it was in the first half and de- definitely an improved performance. Um, there was that one moment on there when Marquis put on horrible tackling on Shipley I thought Shipley was injured and going off he didn't get up particularly quickly did he um only a book in you know have you seen them get reds maybe would it have been harsh probably um and then Ollie yeah on top of that the Rovers fans weren't particularly uh nice with that moment were they no they were a chanting cheat cheat which is a bit harsh <laughs> considering Shipley had his leg broken but um yeah it was it was one footed um it was it was meaty challenged it wasn't a red card I thought yellow was fair no. um and then, yeah, so it was a bit a bit odd. Um, and then it's really funny. So about a few minutes later, um, Flanagan puts one on Marquis. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, I do quite like that about this team. They do look after each other. 
Yep, yeah, they back each other up, which is why we keep having so many sets of handbags happening in games, to be fair, Ollie. So um, there we go. But yeah, the chances kind of kept coming, didn't they? There was there was some amazing football, yeah. which I'll let you talk about in a minute. But yeah, there was another good cross, wasn't there, from from Shipley? Um, and then yeah, defender kind of made a sort of latch, last ditch tackle to stop it getting to Bowman five yards out. And so in, on top yeah. of the twenty shots we had, there were moments, lots of moments in the game where we could have added to that, and or even had better chances than the ones we did have. Yeah, no, t- yeah, I totally agree. It was um, it was an odd game, a very odd game um, in terms of the flow of the game, um, but it mm. definitely worked in our favour because we were able to create chances. And then, and th- this is the bit that me, I think probably, I think probably changed my angle of the game live on Saturday. And this was an amazing yeah. bit of football. So Bayless takes the ball out of out of defence and passes the ball to Pike, a nice little kind of deft ball that Pike had to kind of run onto to kind of get out, get everyone out. He passes inside to Leahy, who passes to Moore, who does a great turn. It might have been a Cruyff turn and turns back into space. He then does a cross field pass to Nurse, who's bombing up, um, who then does a deep cross and Bayless headers. Uh, it's caught by the keeper. Not the best header in the world, um, but that's the kind of football we want to see, isn't it, Glenn? Number yeah. of passing, quick and decisive, get the ball in the box, and really, really fantastic bit of football. It was a swift and accurate counter-attack um, and they're always very nice to watch it was amazing football all the way through up until that Bayless header I was, I was very disappointed with that header because it was quite close range he's headed it down took all the pace off it and, and the keepers managed to kind of just catch it hasn't he but um, you know yeah, head that in with him. some power head, head it at the keeper with some power he probably has trouble keeping it out so that was a bit unfortunate Fortunate, but really nice move. Um, good football. Uh, you know, starting to see some links there that maybe we haven't seen before. Um, maybe that'll come good as we keep going forward. I hope it does. Yeah, it does. And then one of the benefits of having Pike in, in on the team is that he can play in numerous positions now. He was playing yeah. right wing back. Then we changed it up and we went to a more of a four three three, which I think helped us continue to dominate um, the game at this point. But then, unfortunately, against the run of play, um, <laughs> Rovers um, attacked um, probably their first attack, really, of, of the second half. Yeah, they kind of catch us a little bit, uh, kind of out of, out of position. Uh, they have a bit of an overload again. Our right, um, there's like we had, yeah, was, we had didn't have enough men. Um, and then, yeah, they scored. And it, it was definitely against the runner play again. It was. And it was right after that Bayless header missed, which is why, as a Shrewsbury Town fan, you just put your head in your hands, didn't you? And it was like, oh, why does this keep happening to us? Because we just done a really nice bit of play, missed a really good chance. They basically come down the other end and scored straight afterwards. And it was just like, play typical, definitely against the runner play. Steve uh, Cross on the radio was doing his nut um, uh, about the whole unfairness of the, <laughs> of the whole thing. But at that point in time, you know, you start to think, well, we've had a lot of chances and we've not taken them. And, you know, they've had a couple of chances and they have taken in it you know that that is the nature of some of the things we've struggled with over the last two or three years isn't it um and you know at that point you knew you needed for us to actually take a chance to get anything from the game and you started to worry about whether we would um but to be fair to town even after the goal they didn't let it unsettle them too much did they they kept kind of playing the way that we had done and, and certainly kind of still stayed on top of the game i thought yeah we didn't we didn't change our mentality um, nope. if, if not anything else, it just yeah, spurred us on a little bit but yeah they're very resolute on um, this team um continued to play some decent football um, there was a little bit of a, a clip, wasn't there, for Marcus on Flanagan? Another foul, I don't think that was a yellow. Um, and then, yeah, 60, 67 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, Ollie, that, you know, I don't think I've ever seen us play a game where Marcus played for the opposition where he didn't just viciously kick someone at some point during the game, maybe twice exactly, in a game. Yeah. He's, he's always been like that. He's a Joey Barton player, isn't he? That's what. Yeah, um, he's... That's why I find it a bit rich, um, Bristol Rivers fans, um, yeah, criticising Shrewsbury, <laughs> because this is the team that he's built. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, then then Bloxon came on, 73 minutes, Glyn. A substitution to try and change the tactics in a game. This was rare. Um, real confusion with the board. Shippy thought he was going off, but it was actually Bayliss um, who went off in the end. Um, and then, um, yeah, Bloxon came on and we kind of went a bit more to kind of, I don't know, we carried on with the 4-3-3, but sometimes I thought sometimes it looked a bit more like 4-4-2. I'm not sure. Um, it was, yeah, definitely a lot more attacking. And we were certainly playing with a back four. Yeah, I thought that this was a case where it looked like we were seeing that we were on top in the game seen that we'd just gone ahead against the run of play and so why not just throw a little bit more caution to the wind um we, we still kind of kept going down for the free kicks and being a bit slow i thought and and still still kept time wasting but then they kept time time wasting as soon as they went ahead and so it made the game actually, what this is yeah this one of the things i wanted to look back at there was actually quite a few fouls as well so Bitty. the while i think in the first half we were diving a lot there was a sometimes we were a little bit slow, but there was a few a few um, injuries as well. I thought as well, which maybe clouded it a little bit. But I think overall, yeah, you're right. We weren't jumping up um, like a you know 
really fast to try and get get back back into the game. No, and as I say, they started time wasting a little bit as well, didn't they? Which kind of broke yeah, our game up a did. bit more, which is fine because we've been doing it to them. But um, yeah, there was there was a few, yeah, a few few moments, wasn't there, where sort of Lee he had a, a corner that was cleared off the line um, after Dunkley had headed it from, yeah. from close range, and then there was another corner. Um, and get what happens, Ollie? Yeah, another corner set piece. And then yeah, ball comes into the box. It was a really nice bit of corner actually. It was a, an in, it's an out swinging corner from Leahy. Um, there was a header, I think it was from Dunkley, and then a cross from Pennington in the box. Really fast reactions, and Bowman taps it home. I think that's fair to say that was a set piece goal, Glenn. But who cares? It was a goal, and um, yeah, just what we we deserved. Yeah, it still counts as a set piece goal. Set piece Shrewsbury Town, as we're knowing this season. But um, either take it in that situation. It would have been so hard, harsh on us to lose this game yeah. in, in retrospect. Um, and yeah, just what we deserved. Nice to get Bowman off the mark this season. Um, pretty, pretty typical Bowman finish from sort of close range, wasn't it? Um, sort of Johnny on the spot. Um, you don't expect him to miss those chances. To be fair to him. Um, and yeah, and there was still plenty of time left, wasn't there? You know, we we'd got that goal on um eighty minutes. It was ten minutes left. You you definitely felt like we were in the ascendancy to go on and get the next goal. I thought. Um, despite them breaking the game up as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we had to, we had some decent chances with that Leahy cross when Moore fires over. I thought you should have crossed it to Bowman there. Um, and then Pike had that really good dribble, went completely past a man like he wasn't there and had a shot. And then, then we had a moment. Yeah, Moore was a really nice ball over for Bowman. Bowman's one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And yeah, I, maybe he should have ran a bit closer to the goalkeeper and then slotted it home. But he kind of tried a bit of a lob, but it failed. And he just kind of, yeah, the keeper just caught it quite easily. Yeah, that was the chance for me, Ollie. That was the one, wasn't it? It was uh, a big chance, but unfortunately, he got one goal, so um, he, we don't, we won't get too hard on him. But yeah, that was a chance to win the game, and it would have probably no, been no. a deserved win, just about, I think, on the balance of of the game, and particularly the chances created. But it wasn't to be. One one away at Bristol Rovers. I don't know. Do you do you come away from that feeling a bit disappointed in the end or not? Yeah, I was like, you know, you do you do that summary after the game, don't you? And you kind of you look at it and think, well, yeah, like we we definitely had chances to win. I think the part that I struggled a little bit with that game was the the fact that we time wasted was a big memory of the game. If that makes sense. Um, I think also the fact that he was very very bitty, so we didn't really we did create chances, and it's one of those games where almost you created more chances than you. Pro- I realised I think watching it back. That's why I watched it back. I felt I was a little bit out of kilter with kind of the general um, kind of vibe online after the match. Um, I don't think we played particularly well. You know, we didn't, you know, but we did get the ball into dangerous areas. We did have a lot of shots and we created a lot of chances. So, yeah, so I was probably a little bit downbeat after the game, probably because I had, I want to see us be a bit more, you know, I want to see us impose ourselves on the on the game. We've got, I thought Shipley had a really good game. Nurse had a really good game. Bayliss is really good. Leahy, you know, Leahy's one of the best central midfielders in League One last year. I guess maybe because we don't have the strikers at the moment. Steve's been a little bit more defensive. But I think there's more from this team, and I think that's what made me a little bit cloud my judgment as well. Like that I think there's more from this team, and I think we're kind of playing within ourselves at the moment. Um, and I want us to try see us try and win games a bit more. But at the same time, this direct style of football produced us a lot of chances, and you know we could easily have ske- scored three goals in this game easily. But we didn't, and it's an, an perpetual no. problem. At least we got and that's one the of frustration game, but, you thing. Know, how do we fix that part of it? Um, that's what I'd like Steve Cottrell to answer at some point because, yeah, we, we could still nick games 1-0, but when are we really going to open up the taps and, and do something a bit more consistently like that game against Morecambe last season where we scored five? I don't expect to score five every week, but I mean, getting more than one um, in more than a, one in every five games would be great. But I, I could, my overall view was going to Bristol Rovers and getting a draw there is not too bad of a result. We generally lose there, I think. So um, I think it was a, a bit like the Wickham game where it felt like we've not got a great record there. Um, I suppose, where have we got a good record away from home? I don't know. Um, but... Um, you know, I, I think you know that that draw will stand in good stead by what happens over the next five games, really. Because if we don't pick up from there, then uh, it will look like a poor result. If we pick up from there, then it will look like a good result. But um, for me, it just kind of continues that theme at the start, which was sort of par football. Um, par that'll do. Get a point away at Bristol Rovers. Move on to the next one. Yep, yeah, no, I agree with that. And yeah, points points all right. Um, we've got we got a goal. Bowman got a first goal of the season, which is nice as well. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed we can yeah start scoring a few more. Um, but um, the, the game wasn't over. Well, it was it was over. But um, yeah, a lot happened <laughs> after the game. So it's worth mentioning, like just about Bristol Rovers. I thought they looked really poor. Um, their goal was good, a, a nice goal, well taken, and a good build-up play. But generally, they were really poor. Um, they didn't really manage well to our tactics. It'd be interesting to see if more teams try to disrupt them like we did, because it definitely was effective. 
Um, uh-huh. Their goalkeeper was man of the match. Um, you know, he did make quite a lot of saves, some quite easy saves, but I think that was a. Ref- it was two things for me. One is that they were really poor, so there was no one else to really pick. And then secondly, yeah, we did obviously keep him quite busy as well. Um, and then Joey Barton being Joey Barton. So last week he criticised the Cowleys, saying they never played football um, and they were playing 4-4-2, but um, Pompey are top, so I don't, I'm sure their fans don't mind. And then decided to take a pop at Steve Cottrell, which I thought was a bit odd. Yeah, but Barton's a nut job, as far as I'm concerned, Ollie. I mean, yeah, you talk about what he said in his quotes post-match. I'll read you what I saw from it, and then I know you've got another little bit here about um, about Luke Leakley, he, he said as well. Um, but this is what I read. So I'll get, let's go through the quote, because it is fascinating, to be honest with you. So he put, It was a game that they sat out their store early, and they paid us the ultimate compliment by playing five at the back. We're gutted we haven't t- taken maximum points. I would just point out, we didn't pay them any kind of compliment. We pay five at the back everywhere. So to get off your high horse on that one, Joey. Um, the stoppages are part of their strategy. Steve's been coaching for a long time time but I'm not sure I would come out on a Saturday afternoon if that's what I was coaching um this is Joe Barton the man that has elbowed people in the head and done things outside of the football pitch that I wouldn't be proud of I certainly wouldn't want to manage a football team and be proud of that if I was him so let's again off your high horse there Joey um I'd stay in the house to watch Liverpool win 9-0 I don't get it is that what he's been taught in the game we've got to find solutions well yeah okay fine but we're huge town fans we don't support Liverpool so that isn't going to happen um we aren't a free-throwing slide like Barcelona, so it'll be tricky when teams camp in their own half and don't show much ambition. We had 20 shots. They had less than 20 shots. So, again, don't think that one really finds any kind of traction with me. Um, I take as a compliment they were fearful of us. It was the manager in established League One side against my newly promoted side, and I said, let's take them on. They're probably That's probably why they've only won six in 20-odd, and they won't win many points for stylistics. And players won't want to play like that. They want to play football, which will bring you to the Luke Leahy comment. I think maybe there is a little bit of an element of that at the end about players not wanting to play football. But clearly a bit rattled by Steve and his tactics. And I would say, you know, they were fearful of us. I don't think we were fearful of Bristol Rose at all. I personally think Steve Cottrell saw that as an opportunity, like we said, right at the start of this podcast, to get him wound up, to play Bristol Rovers in a way that would unsettle them. And it worked. And poor old Joey doesn't have to deal with that this week. Yeah, totally agree with you. Like he was yeah, kicking off about the Cowleys last week. That's why I brought it up. So it's not just yep. Steve Cottrell. It's he, he struggles. Big baby. He struggles to, to to comprehend that he hasn't he hasn't won. He hasn't won a game. And you know my favourite mm. stat, Glenn? XG. Yep. So Bristol Rovers had 0.64, which is really low number. Shrewsbury had 1. Yep. 1.69. So, you know, Shrewsbury had more than twice as much XG. Um, as um, as that so that just doesn't make any sense we had lots of chances lots of shots um, yes we didn't play Pep Guardiola passing football but we were a lot more attacking <laughs> a lot more effective um, than, than Bristol Rovers Bristol Rovers were appalling and maybe, maybe it will work but I can't imagine you know um, the sensible Bristol Rovers fans are going to suck up this um, this story that he played because yeah his team got we got bullied got out tactics out thought um, and, and performed really badly they basically didn't have any chances, Glenn, from about 65 minutes into the game. And then there was like, what, eight, six, seven minutes extra time. They had nothing after that. Um, so, yeah, he's. I think he struggles when his team doesn't win. Mm. And, you know, it's Bristol Rose are amazing, according to Joe Barton. They're, you know, brilliant and, boss, you know, a brilliant passing team. And we're just this horrible time-wasting team. they got one more point than us, Ollie. Jog, jog on, Joey. Do you, you know what I mean? You, we haven't started this season very well, but nor have they. So they can... Um, but we, and we've played two big teams as well. Exactly. Um, there was another quote, wasn't there, about Luke Lee, which I thought was a, which I thought was yeah, bang was, out of order, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was a bit odd. He said he was talking to Lee afterwards. I said, why don't you come back here and play football? He's a good footballer and he's playing central midfielder. I've never seen, I never saw him as a central midfielder. So on that one, and if you remember, <laughs> did a, it's actually something that Luke Lee liked. Um, there was some, some stats about um, a, a passing and a creativity in League One. And Luke Leahy was mm. like fourth ranked best central midfielder in the league. So yes, you can talk about he didn't see a central midfielder. Well, that's kudos to Steve Cottrell because he saw a player who's a good footballer. And I think Leahy is a good central midfielder now. And then you talked about um, Taylor Moore. I don't see him as a central midfielder, but some of these league one managers are converting centre-halves and left-backs into central midfielders. It's just a bit of a, a rambling lot of nonsense. So yeah, Moore hasn't set the world alight, but he did. I thought he played all right on Saturday. And and Lugley, he was one of the best midfielders in League One last year. So, yeah, he's he's an odd character, isn't he? He's a bit of a knob. 
Yeah, if he definitely if he said that to Luke Leahy, then you know I got I got I got and I hope Luke Leahy told him where to go. To be honest with you, because <laughs> that's not good. You shouldn't be talking talking to players. I suppose it must happen. It's just most yeah, managers are sensible enough to not say anything, are they? Whereas Joe Barton just lost his or head. Or tell the media interview. about so, it. Yeah, it's exactly. So very odd. But yeah, Luke Leahy is playing football. Um, he's playing football for us, and he's doing all right. So um, I imagine if you said to Luke Leahy, what would you rather do? Play every game this season in central midfield for Shrewsbury Town, or play every game left wing back or left back for Bristol Rovers no way would you want to play left wing back compared to central midfield every footballer wants to play more attacking exciting football I suppose don't they so um, yeah I'd rather I think most people would rather play centre midfield than left back so um, there you go I'm sure he politely declined his offer and we will move off away from Bristol Rovers now but just at the end of it just to there was some other nonsense went on wasn't there about Steve Cottrell's battle against Covid and him almost dying and some untoward comments that were said by some Bristol Rovers fans I think initially got took took put in the paper as death threats I'm not sure that's entirely an accurate representation of what happened but it does seem like some Bristol Rovers fans um are, are made in the mold of their scumbag manager to be honest with you yeah it's like there's this more obviously there's there's banter and all that kind of stuff but yeah mm. why didn't the opposition manager and I'm sure some people sit next to the opposition managers to kind of say stuff but yeah just to kind of wish um to wish someone ill someone like dead. that mm. um and yes what saying i hope you you die or whatever or hope you were dead that's because he supported a dead, football team that's just mm. yeah just pathetic and yeah i don't understand um yeah the the headline from the short star a bit odd um but yeah it's um, it is what it is i guess and yeah it's um yeah and even steve potter got abused when he was doing the post-match interviews as well uh, so that was a bit odd odd bunch what a bunch of weirdos in Bristol. I don't know. It's just, uh, I think that what must happen is when you live in the shadow of a bigger team in your town, eventually it just warps the mind, to be honest with you. And they've been in the shadow of Bristol City for so long, maybe they just can't handle it anymore. And when a, when a team like Shrewsbury, let's be honest, we're similar-sized clubs nowadays, a similar kind of level, probably similar budgets for this level. Um, when we come there and, and do a job and go away with a point, they're not they're not able to handle it, much like their manager's not able to handle it. So um, maybe something's in the water in Bristol at the moment, but who knows. Um, Let's go back to some positive stuff, Ollie. Who did you have as your man of the match? Yeah, I went for Nurse. I thought he was absolutely superb um, in both both boxes. Um, he was absolutely faultless on Saturday. I thought he played really, really well. Uh, oh, second, I went for Lou Leahy, um, that, that midfield maestro. Uh, and then third, I went for Bowman. I thought he came on and did really well. He got himself in the right spaces mm. in the box. He put himself about. Um, he scored a goal. Yeah, superb. I thought Bowman did really well. Yeah, I went for I went for Nurse, um, and I went for Leahy as well. Like your top two, no, nothing really to argue on that one. I, for me, I went for Pennington. I thought in that spell when we were pushing on with the four at the back, he actually ended up getting forward quite a bit as well, um, and was was good in that role. But also defensively, was just his normal excellence. Um, and I got a lot of time for Pennington um, at the moment, as you can tell. Um, but no, I thought he was he was good as well. I thought I wanted just to recognise him in third place. But yeah, Nurse was was a head and shoulders man of the match. Best performance in terms of his crossing since he joined the club. I thought. Yeah. So yeah, um, some good performance. Is there wasn't it? I thought Dunkley did all right. Flanagan didn't do anything too badly wrong. Maybe a little bit nope. of positional on the on the goal, but yeah, I thought there's some good performances there. Just couldn't score. Um, and yeah, as we said, um, looking forward um, to the next few games and how we play. Um, oh. I think that's going to be the true acid test. Yeah, just quickly. Yeah, we've always talked about that. Um, I will just say one more thing. I've been a bit harsh on Shipley, but I definitely thought that was his best game for us on Saturday. I thought he was really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought you thought oh yeah, some people said online that didn't play didn't play very well. I thought he had a really good game. He put some good balls in the box. Um he was quick to try and get a few shots off when they were, yeah. they were you know they were quite close. Um I thought yeah, he's he's got a good engine and yeah, I think he's he's hopefully we'll see more from him um, um over the next few games as well. But yeah, I thought Shippers did well. And we did talk about the Forest Green Rovers game coming up this week. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the fact we haven't got tickets going, but that's that's a big one. I'm going to be going to that game, Ollie. But I yeah, won't be going. Be going to I won't be well. going to the LDV Pizza Trophy game this week. No. Um, and nor will you. But we will cover what the result was next week. But yeah, so we've got one game to cover mostly next week. So maybe maybe we'll get a guest who's also gone to Forest Green. I'm, I'm taking a few lads in the car, so maybe I'll harangue one of those into coming on as a guest. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, good week for us, I think. Really, um, no Tuesday night game that we've got to really particularly worry about, and then a trip to a new ground for everybody um, against a team we should go there and, and give a good match to so something something to be looking forward to on Saturday I think yeah it should be a really really interesting game I'm, I'm hoping to go um, it should be a good one um, yeah it'd be interesting to see how we set up um, mm. and yeah it's it's a game to look forward to a winnable game hope fingers crossed and yeah should be should be good good stuff alright well we should be back to cover both those games next week um, and yeah if uh, we don't see you before see you at Forest Green and then we'll catch you next Sunday oh!